0: Welcome to The Manly Catholic. In this podcast, we will inspire, challenge, and equip all men to become the men they were created to be. Join us as we journey together to become the best versions of ourselves and strive to change our communities one man at a time. Have you ever felt shame? Have you ever felt afraid? Have you ever felt a lost? but constantly searching? Have you ever felt like you know what you need to do, but as St. Paul says, you continue to, the, to do the things that you should not do? Today we have a very eye-opening conversation with Sam Black. Now, for those of you who have heard of Sam, maybe you haven't, Sam works with Covenant Eyes, which is a, an amazing organization who have helped Countless men overcome pornography. And we will be speaking about the healing church, what churches get wrong about pornography, and how to fix it. I know a lot of you listening out there have struggled or are struggling with pornography. And maybe you've gone to, whether you're Catholic or not, maybe you've gone to your your priest, your local parish priest, maybe you've gone to your pastor, Maybe you've gone to a trusted friend and you hear might be hearing the same thing over and over again. And, and it might it's probably things that you've already heard. Where it's like, I know it's wrong. I know pornography is wrong. I know masturbation is wrong. I know these things to be true, but how do we fix it? And what Sam and I dive into in this conversation is, is yes, this might be how it's been taught in the past, but this is how we're teaching it now and this is how we want to teach it in the future. So many great lessons, so many great resources that Sam offers to all men. Not just men, sorry, I don't want to make this exclusively for men, but women too, because women struggle with this too. Men, it's more targeted because we are naturally more visual creatures. So pornography tends to have men gravitate towards it. But of course, this is a problem for everyone. So stay tuned. It's an amazing conversation. You don't want to miss out. Now, for those of you who are missing out, on St. Michael's Lent, let me tell you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shame you into saying that you are missing out on quite a bit. It has, really has been a fantastic journey. I cannot say enough good things about it. It's a practice, uh, a tradition that I have never heard about until this year. So thank you, Exodus 90, who is putting on this tremendous experience that I have enjoyed again greatly. Um, to top it off, not only are you going through St. Michael's Lent with your brotherhood, with your fraternity, But also, each week, Exodus is offering a series of live talks on the nature of spiritual warfare and how men, specifically, can lean into their authority over the devil as baptized sons of God. You can hear from men who have had a ton of experience dealing with exorcisms, including Father Carlos Martins, who is the host of just a phenomenal podcast titled The Exorcist Files. I highly recommend you check that out. But more importantly, experience in the daily battle against demons, how we can fight this every single day. You, as a man of God, can directly defeat Satan with the help of our Heavenly Father, with St. Michael the Archangel, with your guardian angel, and all the other angels and saints in heaven. So, again, download the Exodus 90 app. You can listen to these talks. These talks are exclusively on the app, so you want to make sure you check that out. Get a seven-day free trial of the Exodus 90 app as well. But without further ado, I want to dive into this amazing conversation I have with, again Sam Black, author of The Healing Church, What Churches Get Wrong About Pornography and How to Fix It. Enjoy. Hello, all. Welcome to another episode of The Manly Catholic. This is James, your host. And with me, we have a very special guest. We have Mr. Sam Black. Sam, welcome to The Manly Catholic Podcast. James,
1: thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here, and I know we're going to have a good conversation.
0: Yes, we are. Now, for those of you listening out here, uh, Sam wrote uh, a new book, uh, which I think is a very, uh, extremely important book, especially this day and age, and it's called The Healing Church, What Churches Get Wrong About Pornography, and How to Fix It, Most Importantly. So uh, Sam does has done tremendous work over at Covenant Eyes, which I know... A lot of you have heard of. So Sam, just kind of give our listeners a brief intro of yourself and, and the work that you're doing over at Covenant Eyes right now. Well, thank you.
1: I've I, uh, been at Covenant Eyes for 16 years. Before that, I spent 18 years as a journalist. I'm sort of dating myself here a little bit, but uh, <laughs> spent 18 years as a journalist and joined the Covenant Eyes team 16 years ago, have edited 16 books on the impact of pornography. And, uh, and as uh, I've served in many roles, literally talked to Thousands of men and women, one on one, and ministry leaders and and pastors and so many others. And so, uh, when it came time that I could see that there was this deep struggle in the church about there are so many men and women and who are struggling, there are so many parents that need help and information, and so often the church wasn't doing a great job of communicating, and we'd often we are often. Asked Covenant Eyes, well, how do I do this? And how do I do that? How should I talk about this? And how can we get this conversation started? And we found that they were missing so many of the basic details that, wow, couldn't we just arm, provide a primer to help ministry leaders understand why men and women and teens are becoming stuck in pornography, why they often stay stuck without help, and how we can find true freedom through the church.
0: Yeah. You know, when you, you tackle pornography, which is just a, an animal in itself, where there's so many different directions that, that you can really go into. I mean, psychology, you know, our anatomy and how it rewires our brain and uh, how it affects marriages. I mean, there's so different avenues. So I, why did you feel this book in particular was so needed uh, in this day and age?
1: Wow. Well, pornography is a pernicious trap. And it often starts very young. And we miss that. We often see uh, many in, in ministry leadership looking at men and women and saying, listen, don't do that. God's not for that. Uh, it's terrible for you. Why would you do that? Why would you destroy your harm, harm your mind, body, and spirit with pornography? And don't you realize how it's impacting uh, your family, your, your marriage? What about the next generation? You know, there's so much packed into this, right? And it feels a lot like... Hey, if I, boy, I don't want to provide too much on this, this point, but a lot of men and women feel immense amounts of shame and they try harder under their own willpower to to get out of this trap, but they find themselves repeatedly going back again and again. So I wanted to help arm ministry leaders with some, first of all, with some empathy that they just don't know what they don't know. And I want to help them kind of build a model to help them understand Again, why people are being stuck in this and how the church really has the answers to this. And so, again, why did I write this? I just found this disconnect between what people were asking for, uh, men and women, parents even, and um, for a good guide and ministry leaders who are, who are really pressing in asking, Hey, I need some answers here. Can Covenantize provide some a tool that can really provide me an overview of this issue and how I can take some action? And so with some, with it, indeed a great bit, a bit of empathy for ministry leaders, I wrote this to help them take action today.
0: Thank you all so much for listening. I just want to take a brief moment to thank one of our sponsors, which is Mystic Monk Coffee. Now, Mystic Monk Coffee is... Thank you all so much for listening to another episode. I just want to take a brief pause and tell you about one of our sponsors. I want to thank Mystic Monk Coffee. For the best coffee for a great cause, we recommend Mystic Monk Coffee, roasted with prayer by the Carmelite monks in Wyoming. Mystic Monk Coffee has the ultimate cup waiting for you. See more at mysticmonkcoffee.com. If you decide to support the podcast on our Patreon page at the $20 per month or above level, we will actually send you a free bag of Mystic Monk Monk Coffee of your choice and we'll even pay for shipping for you. As you all know, one of our missions with the podcast is to help support our priests as well. So what better way than to combine coffee with priesthood? I don't think there's a better combination, even better than peanut butter and jelly. And I love peanut butter. So go check out their website today, mysticmonkcoffee.com. You can also check out our website, support us on Patreon, and we'll send you that free bag of coffee. And that's enough of me chit-chatting. Let's get back to that amazing Manly Catholic episode. God bless. Yeah, and Sam, you brought up a couple, two really important points and the, the idea of, no, this is such a, a shameful um, act and, mm-hmm. and and sin that people really struggle with, mm-hmm. and also too, you know, I think we've kind of gotten past where I think people now who struggle with, especially nowadays, they kind of, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like they know the science behind it. You know, it's you know, especially men's like, okay, look, I know that I know that it's harmful, I know that it's wrong, I know it's it's affecting my brain, but I still can't stop, and I think. What you've kind of like transitioned into is more that empathy piece. So it's like they might know that, but then, okay, so how can we, how can we fix that? How do we that, get out? Right? right. How do we get out of that? I know, I know it's wrong, but I'm still doing it. So I, I guess let's touch a little bit on the, we mentioned the science piece of it. So what, what does, Pornography actually do, and we'll stick to men's because men's and women's brains are a little bit different. I know, okay. but we'll stick to the male in particular. What does it do to a male's brain if they're continuously practicing pornography, which obviously can lead to you know masturbation and things like that as well?
1: Well, I think we have to step back a little further and sure, and recognize that there are three common components to men who find themselves stuck in pornography. Who, who said, Hey, I'm, I don't want to do this anymore and I'm going to quit. And so they quit and that, and they try harder for a little while and they practice their spiritual disciplines, et cetera, for a, a, a while. And then something happens what I call a social, what I call C triggers, social, emotional, environmental triggers. They get angry. Someone yells at them at work. They have a fight with their spouse. Um, they don't feel good about themselves. Maybe they failed at something. And then, then that coin will flip and they'll fall. They'll fall into that. And so they just keep, and then they'll go, they'll hang out in misery for a while, feeling this deep condemnation about their, their acting out with pornography. And then they all say, well, I'm going to get back on. I'm going to try harder again. And so this coin just keeps flipping from perfectionism to shame, perfectionism to shame. And so um, we need to look a little harder about how did I get here? And we get the idea, hey, pornography can create neural pathways in the brain that crave it, etc., we sort of get that, that there's these dopamine things that are going on. Maybe we get some of that where, hey, it feels good, so the brain likes it. Or, But pornography teaches it a lot of lies that maybe evolution made me this way. I'm supposed to be like this. or And I'm hmm. supposed to roam to Savannah and mate, find as many people to meet with as I can. <laughs> and, uh, and that's not true. Uh, so maybe God made me this way. And... Hmm. And it just goes on and on because I've said no to this so many times and yet I keep coming back. So why don't we, I think it's important for us to dive a little bit deeper. And instead of being right here and right now, I'm suddenly stuck with this decision. Understand that this has been going on a long time. You just need to admit that to yourself. This isn't a new thing. You've been here likely thousands of times. So let's go back to that first time that you were exposed to pornography I was 10 years old. I remember walking out of my, my parents' house, and my brother, who was 10 years older than me, was standing next to his car, leaning up against it with his friend, and they were reading a magazine sideways, and that didn't make any sense to a 10-year-old. And I said, hey, what are you guys looking at? And they turned it around. And I know I'm dating myself a little bit here, but they turned it around, and they, then they said, hey, you don't want to miss the good part, and they unfolded the, the centerfold. But I didn't even know what they were trying to get at because I didn't even understand the basic mechanics of sex at that age. But why is it that I can tell you a whole story about that? The truth is probably you and most guys listening here today can tell you a whole story about that. That's how impactful pornography is on the male brain. Every child is naturally curious about what the opposite sex looks like without clothes. That's natural. That's natural curiosity. But when children see other children's bodies, you know, they might be curious and they show play show and tell or something like that. Uh, They see other children's bodies. But when you see pornography, especially today's degrading, demeaning, violent, uh, excessive pornography today, it is truly impactful, shocking, startling to that brain. So dopamine kicks off. Naturally, because sexual cues are picked up, even if you don't understand them. And so dopamine kicks off and gives you, uh, it focuses your attention. Now, in God's design, that's beautiful. Because in God's design, dopamine focuses your attention on your spouse. The rest of the world disappears. And you are in a beautiful and loving relationship. It becomes, as John Paul would say, it became a spiritual relationship. Relationship, right? It wasn't just sex. It is, it is on on so many. And when he, when Doctor, when when John Paul II talks about theology of the body, if you get a chance to look at that, it is amazing of what the, the spiritual connection is in 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 our sexuality. So dopamine can focus your attention so much to the point of tunnel vision, and so pornography is not sex; It's a hijacking of what God created. So dopamine also helps burn those emotional experiences into your brain. And it kicked, kicked off a little more with norepinephrine. And norepinephrine is associated also with fight or flight. So today's pornography is so shocking, et cetera. So that young brain got hit with a ton of bricks. Let's just face that, right? And it was enough enticing and exciting that we went back. I had a friend and his dad had pornography that was falling out of his closet. It looked a lot like a waterfall. And if you can imagine this closet with a shelf up at the top, stacked with pornography, hardcore pornography, and things are falling down over the shelf and there's a pile of it on the floor, I could take anything I wanted mm. and I did. And that began a repetition use. And that repetitive use uh, is very important because our brains are – more plastic than they are ceramic. Uh, We've heard (laughs) of the term neuroplasticity. And neuroplasticity simply means that with repetition, your brain can create new pathways that know how to do an activity better or even begin to crave an activity more, especially when it gets the rewards of dopamine and serotonin and all these neurochemicals that flood the brain from and from orgasm and masturbation with pornography so the two now not only is you burning neural pathways into it but now they're being associated with i get when i view pornography i get hits of pleasure i go back to that now that sounds pretty <clears throat> basic right the problem is number three is all right so we have three commonalities one early exposure two the repetitious use. And number three, some drama or trauma that often happened early in life. I personally came from a, though a Christian home, it was a violent, hypocritically violent home. And so without even understanding it soon, the, the use of pornography became associated with I need to escape. So if I felt fear or frustration or anger or depression maybe I don't feel some self-worth, etc. cetera. I can run to pornography and I don't even realize that I was doing that, that I'd begun to escapism that would include things, triggers like boredom or what have you. And so that early exposure, the repetitious use, the drama trauma that turns into escapism with pornography. Now, whenever I feel upset, angry, depressed, or any of the other triggers that happen, my escape, even subconsciously before you even know that I'm headed down that road, is, hey, you can find the relief through pornography. Mm. Now, that sounds crazy, doesn't it? But here's a perfect answer. Wait, 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 Sam. Sam, you're saying I don't have control over my brain? Your brain has been conditioned. If you feel like you have promised yourself, you promised others, you promised God that you'd never go back to pornography again and you keep finding yourself going back then something is amiss and it's not just your sexual Mm -hmm. desire it because you there's other ways you can manage it. Right. But instead you continue to go back to pornography. I'll give you an example. This is some, this will really sound crazy to some of the guys listening here when I was 12 years old. And I do talk about this in the book. And by the way, if you'd like to download the first chapter of the book, and the introduction, you can go to thehealingchurch.com and there's a free download there. Uh, you can buy the book wherever you normally buy books online. So let's, let's talk about the crazy here. Okay. So I would.
0: We love crazy I, I'd here. Go,
1: I'd, let's go back to when I'm 12 years old and uh, I'm working in the shed with my dad. And my dad, uh, there is a rope that's over in the corner, and it's a gnarly rope that's sat in the back of a truck, and in the Florida sun and and the the rain that happens daily, so it gets rained on and then gets sunshine on and rained on and sunshine, and so this rope has been conditioned to be a wadded mess. Yeah. And so my dad says, "I want you to to wind up that rope," and so like I've done ever for as much as I've done it in my, in my years of being a 12-year-old, I began taking that rope and I'll coil the rope from my hand over my elbow, my hand over my elbow, right? That's how I know I, how I know to do it. And he goes, no, 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 I want you to do it hand over hand. And he want me to, you know, coil it like this. But when I would do that, this gnarly twisted hemp rope would twist. And whatever it would twist, he would hit me. It hit me in the back and the face and the head and tell me I was a dummy and I couldn't do anything right and etc. right? And the more I would mess up and I'd panic and I began rolling around my elbow and arm again. And he, of course, hit me because I wasn't doing the way he told me to, right? So the hitting continues. So let's walk with me through my teenage years and my adult years. And every time I began coiling something, whether it's a rope or an extension cord or something like that, I go back to that day as a 12 year old. Now I don't just remember it. I relive it. Hmm. I think of different outcomes. I think of coming to that boy's rescue. I think of fighting off my dad and telling him how wrong he is. And you know, all these y'all right. So that will darken my mood. And maybe I was a little shorter with my wife. Maybe I, uh how I mowed the lawn was, was uh, dwelt on that anger, and sooner or later that day, it was likely that I also went to pornography. Hmm. Pornography was simply to anesthetize this emotion and this mood that I couldn't seem to let go. Now you can say, "Hey Sam, well, you need to just learn forgiveness and let that let that stuff go. Let it just." forget it. Oh, I tried that. I'd stuff it. I would do all kinds of things. But when I got into relationship with other men who understood that, Hey, Sam, you're struggling with pornography and I'd love to know why, what you're feeling today, right? What are you feeling? What are you thinking? What are you doing? And what are you thinking of doing? And with those kinds of questions, I could unpack that this was This is something that's affecting my mood today. And so they would say, well, let's unpack that. How did that make you feel? Do you know that was, you know, that was abusive to you, Sam. You you know, that wasn't right. Well, yeah, I know it wasn't right, but, and I would have never told that story to anyone before I became Hmm. into recovery because it was too shameful. Not only was it shameful about shame about pornography, but I had shame about, Coming from a violent home, because wouldn't you think less of me if you knew that my dad was a violent man? I mean, uh, there was. Uh, wouldn't you uh, think less of me if to say, "Oh well, maybe he didn't come from a, a really great home"? What kind of guy is he? So all these things get unpacked, right? And this this shame keeps us small. It keeps us isolated, and Satan loves to keep you isolated. He likes to keep absolutely you out of community, and the opposite of addiction. Is relationship, it's community. Hmm. And so as I would unpack those kinds of stories with other men, I began to do some different things because now I can make differ- different choices, right? When I am open and honest with you, now I can make, I'm empowered to make better choices. We can talk about what was happening. And so I would begin to sing and it'd be songs like, uh, Indeed, the Father's love for us, and I would sing as I to my heavenly Father, as I'm calling a rope or an extension cord. Mm. And with that's beautiful. With time, calling up an extension cord or rope no longer had any impact on me. I could let, I could process that memory with other men, with a counselor. And realize a a whole bunch there is that memory still in control of me or am I, do I have a beautiful life in Christ? Know that I'm a loved son of God, that I am a father and a husband and a man who wants to follow after Christ's own heart. Now I can either dwell in all that pain or I can begin to release it to other godly men who are willing to walk with me in a safe place with a safe process and find real freedom not just freedom from pornography but more wholeness because when you mm-hmm. begin going through a safe place in a safe process the corners of the room get the light up all the dark corners get the light up the closets doors get to be opened and examined. It's contents examined and some things emptied out. And now I'm not just s- escaping from pornography. I'm living a whole life. <laughs> I just went off on a tangent, man. I just went for it. <laughs>
0: I, and Sam, I love it. I, uh, first of all, thank you for sharing that. That was a very powerful story. And, and I'm, I'm so sorry for your 12 year old self to, that I had to go through that. I mean, abuse in children is is something that should never happen. And I just thank you again for sharing and God bless you for, for what you you've done. You turned that into a tremendous blessing for other men as well, because you, you overcame that. You know,
1: and, I'm gonna hear, you're going to hear guys uh, making comments on your page, et cetera, that say, oh, you know, I felt those things, or I came from those homes or something like that. But there's going to be some other men who are listening and go, you know, my parents didn't hit me. He um, got divorced, but that was no big deal. Or my, I, I just think- got yelled at something. And that was no big deal. Right. And mm-hmm. so you're going to mm-hmm. find a lot of men who are listening, say, who are going to begin minimizing the the struggles they went through. And don't, please don't try to compare your struggle to my struggle. And many guys are going, oh, you think that's bad, Sam? This is what I went through as a, as a child. And so there's a whole spectrum, but often small wounds are just as impactful as those tough wounds, especially small wounds over time, repeatedly. And so, listen, guys, you got to face the wounding that you've had there and I can't urge, encourage you enough to be in a group uh, where you can begin a study. We have a great uh, program called Strive. You can check it out at strive21.com. And you get to go through uh, this uh, a 21-day detox from pornography. And there is a Catholic version of it that that really is so connected. It is just an amazing tool to help you understand your first 21 days of breaking free. Share that with your ally, a friend, a group, go through that together. And if you'd like to, you're like, well, I'd really like to begin talking to other men in my church, but I just don't know where, how to get started. There's an organization called samsonsociety.com, samsonsociety.com. It's just a community of Christian men who are working together to support one another in something that's bigger than they are. It's typically for pornography and unwanted sexual behaviors, although guys are facing other things in there as well.
0: And I will leave uh, links in the show notes for you guys for all those things that Sam just mentioned. But Sam, another thing you you touched on, and I I really think this is just such a key component, is is the amount of shame that overwhelms us. And exactly what you mentioned, Satan will use that. Yeah. Every single time oh, yeah. he uses our wounds yeah. against us. He'll attack you, He'll say you're worthless, you're stupid, you you can't fight this, you can't get over this, you like doing this, like God hates you because you, you keep falling. I mean the, the lie just keeps going on and on I and hear it you described know described
1: as shame, S-H-A-M-E is self-hatred at my expense. Self-hatred yeah. at my expense. I'm so disgusted with myself, I'm so ashamed of what I'm doing, I don't want anybody else to know, so I keep it hidden, I keep isolated, and it's just doing more damage to me.
0: Yeah. Yes, 100%. Yeah, and the ironic thing, exactly what you mentioned too, is when you do share that with someone, they don't think less of you. Like, when you were telling me that story, I didn't think anything less of you, I actually thought more of you, because I'm like, oh my gosh, he overcame this, and he's doing all these incredible things, right? And so the biggest lie is that people are going to hate you. They're not going to be your friend. They're going to think you're weird or crazy. It's like no, like people. Then they might come up and, and share something with you that they have not shared with anyone else. And and that's what that that brotherhood of sharing that. Like you mentioned, going into those groups, Sam is it's it's so important that we as men come together and we 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 talk about our weaknesses because that's the only way we can get stronger well, is giving it to God yeah. and giving it to each other as well as our as brothers in Christ, because we cannot do this alone. We, we try it. We try it so many times and we, we fall on our head every single time. So authenticity builds an
1: intimate connection that is contagious and it's empowering Uh, with a safe place within a safe place. You realize that you are not a problem, that you're a person and that your identity is found in Christ and not in your sin. And so, um, we need that authenticity. We need to be able to come to other men. Let's keep. Let's. We need to. You know, some guys are thinking, "Yeah, but I'm the only guy. I'm the only one who struggles like this." And at least in my community, in my community of men, in my like my church, right, everybody else has got together. I don't. Two thirds of men in the church say they are having ongoing struggle with pornography. Thirty seven percent of men of all ages say they're using it multiple times a week. And men mm-hmm. eighteen to thirty so they're using it daily. So there's and and don't but don't use it as an excuse. Going, yeah, I see, so many guys struggle with pornography. It just it's okay. It's just part of who we are. Right. That's not right. true
0: either. Right. Yeah. So that's actually a perfect segue where I wanted to kind of take this and then to, you know, because another statistic I read is that only 7% of churches actually offer some sort of program or resource yeah. for men who are struggling with this, even though it's such a prominent issue. So I guess we'll kind of transition from pornography itself into the church. And I know you mentioned a little bit at the beginning of sort of how the church has addressed this in the past, maybe. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll we'll rehash that a little bit and we'll kind of dive into how, how prominent this is an issue even at you know, in the ministerial level, and how we can kind of transition into how we can address it nowadays in a more effective way. Mm-hmm.
1: So there's a lot packed into those sentences. What yes, there to is. Hit first.
0: <laughs> Let us hit. How has the church traditionally, and I know that's a very broad topic. I mean, there's Catholicism and Protestantism and things like that. The church in general. As you as you address it in your book, how have they traditionally addressed pornography use um, in the past? We'll start there. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode. I just want to take a quick break to thank one of our sponsors, which is Exodus 90. Now, I know many of you have heard of this program before, Exodus 90. Most of you think of the really cold showers, but it is so much more than that. It is a program that has helped thousands of men throughout the world. It works on your discipline, not only spiritually, but also physically, which includes the cold showers, but it also includes increasing your prayer time, encouraging you to do a holy hour of prayer every day, and they walk you through how to do that. But it has given so many men... So much more freedom, not only away from their phone, but also more freedom with their children and their spouses as well. So I cannot recommend this program enough. I am currently, at the time of this recording, in the middle of St. Michael's Lent, but I've also done Exodus 90 in the past. I plan on doing it again in the future. Uh, right now, you can have a, get a seven day free trial with their app. Their app is incredible. Not only do have Exodus 90, but they also have other programs that you can do as well. Like I mentioned, the St. Michael's Lent, uh, you can do uh, like I said, seven day free trial and then you can go $10 a month or $90 for the full year, which is uh, saving 25% on the app. Cannot recommend this program enough. I will leave a link in the show notes for you guys to download the app and also check out their website. They have so much great content coming up, blog posts, social media content, everything like that. Make sure you guys check out XS90. All right, now let's get back to that episode.
1: So often, it's just been too taboo. So only 7%, again, of churches are doing anything. And we've made it tough for our ministry leaders and our and our pastors and priests to really speak about this well. We've often said, hey, you can't talk about that today. <laughs> you know, you began going a little over the edge there. I remember talking to a pastor who said, uh, I was reading from scripture and it used the word prostitute in the Bible, <laughs> as I'm teaching about Rahab. Well, that was the word. It's in scripture. But several ladies in the church really gave the pastor a good talking to about how he used the word prostitute in the Bible mm. in a sermon. Right, And he says, so Sam, what, what should I have done? And I said, well, one, you should tell them to grow up, right? <laughs>
0: have, some, have some maturity, first of all, right. ladies.
1: Right. Uh, so, oh, man. We
0: often fear that, <sighs>
1: and, and sometimes ministry leaders have feared that if I say something about pornography, well, that will make them curious, like they've never heard of it before, and they'll go looking for it. But of course, that's not the struggle. The struggle is that it's often come, started at such an early age and we've ignored it for so long and we've not empowered parents to talk about it. And since we're not talking about it, we might talk about it at a men's event, right? Might. And if it is, it'll say, hey, a lot of guys are struggling and you need to stop that. Don't do that. God's not for that. But they don't really ever get any help. They get some warnings, but the warnings don't lead you to a place of discipleship and direct understanding of how did I get here? Why do I stay stuck? And how can I live in freedom? I've often missed that, like me, I was a prisoner of my own making. I put every stone and block in place. I put every bar in place over time from the time of being 10 years old. And yes, did others contribute and help me build that? Yeah, sure. But when you get it all in place, you lock the door and you throw away the key. And by the way, nobody keeps the key. Nobody keeps the key. So until I have another guy like you, James, that can come over and unlock that door and say, Sam, do you want to be well? Just like Jesus did to the paralytic. Do you want to be well? And if I can say... Ah, uh, you know James, I'll tell you what Pernod does a lot for me and i i I don't know if I want to be well <laughs> right i could I could answer in that way and that's where some guys are who say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but you know Christ forgives, and I confess that and you know as I've gone to confession and I' and I've let that go, but are you confessing the same thing over and over again where sin grows grace abounds all the more. That's scripture, right? But does Paul says, do I, do I continue to sin? By no means, by no means do I continue in my sin. We need to have faced this issue well. So how can we help that man or woman that says, pastor, I really do want help. Ministry leader, I really do want help. Brother in Christ, I really want to be well. Well, we need a safe place and a safe process. And the warnings have been helpful. They've at least informed us that what the path that we're on isn't working. But what we need is a, a safe place with a safe process. With uh, through organizations like Pure Desire or Covenant Eyes, has a great resource called the Victory App by Covenant Eyes. If you and it's free, go to the Vict your Play Store or App Store. And download the Victory app by Covenant Eyes, and we walk you through a journey that helps you understand from a mind, body, and spirit perspective how this has impacted your brain, how it has thought impacted your thought life, how it has taught you so many lies about who you are. And walks you, and we encourage you to do this, these courses with the brethren Christ. Go through them, and you'll really have an awakening. Now, here's the cool thing. Having had a spiritual awakening, we always have to give back. And so as we are even on our own journey, we need to call other men into this journey as well to help them because they're stuck too. And as you experience more and more freedom, you can be a light and a guide to other people who are struggling. Here's an amazing thing that I discovered in writing this book. And I say discovered, I really just dis- discovered studies and from sociologists from the university of Oklahoma and elsewhere. And what they found was there was a direct correlation between a one's spiritual life and pornography that it was the with pornography use. People had ad- increased doubts about God, less in prayer life, less in scripture reading, less engagement. In fact, there was direct correlation of how much pornography someone used and whether they'll volunteer or serve in their church over the next six years. Oh, wow. How interesting. What we found at every church I visited where they were doing this work. Well, men and women were giving back more having had gone, had found a safe place and a real, a process that took them on a journey of understanding and encouragement and growth and life change they said, hey, I'm willing to do that. I'll take care of that. Their, not only their belief blossom, they they felt closer to Christ. They had increased scripture reading. They had greater church attendance. And they were ready to tell their church, hey, I'll do that. I'll take on that activity. I'll give back. Because when you've had that kind of awakening, you can't help but want to give it back to others.
0: Yeah, Sam. Gosh, and again, so many key points there. But kind of stepping back a little bit, when you talked about, you know, you know, if someone comes to a pastor or or a priest or something, and they they ask, "Hey, I'm really struggling with this." You know, it's it's kind of take the the Jesus approach, like you said. It's it's love them, mm-hmm. have compassion with them, but then also loving them is is, is what Jesus say. You know, he he heals them. Then he says, go and sin no more. We love you too much to leave you the way you are. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And it's not this, you know, watered down, oh, you know, Jesus is all about grace. And of course he was, but then he challenges you. He 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 transforms you and he tells you to do that. And so that's 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 the step that we're we're trying to go. And organizations like Covenant Eyes and all the resources you mentioned as well, they're they're walking alongside you because it's not just shame the person to death, because they already feel enough shame. And if you're just adding on top of that from a leader, it actually is, it's honestly, it's probably more harmful than if they didn't go to them in the first place, to be honest, because it's like, well, this is, you know, a man of God. And, and he's telling me that, you know, I'm, you know, gonna go to hell or whatever he might say, if you don't stop this, you know, you're gonna kill your marriage and things like that. It it really can create just kind of opening that that wound up that the that the individual, the man or woman, is experiencing, it, so I think the, and just kind of the, pouring uh, salt in the wound. Well,
1: I think the the warnings are fine as long as they're backed up with love, and cares, yes. and community. Listen, Paul warned us very, very strongly. He said, uh, "When you sin outside, when you sin sexually, all the other sins, well, those are outside the body. But when you sin sexually, you're sinning against your own body." He's not wasn't just going, "Oh, that's a naughtier sin." He was warning us. He was saying, "Hey." Listen, you got to understand this is more impactful, more hurtful to you and others. Uh, There's going to create, you're going to create a blast zone around you when it comes to the surface and you don't want this. This is, this is more damaging than, you know, please, I'm begging you don't go down this road. You know, it is a great warning, but he then wants us to be in the church and to, um, seek out one another. How many one another's are there in the Bible? And chapter six of Ecclesiastes is, tells us that when we are alone, we are a lone sheep as a dead sheep. And if I fall in a mm. ditch and I don't have anybody pick me up, it says, you, whoa, is you, right? You're in trouble. Yeah. You're in trouble. And good luck. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, two or three can defend themselves. but One caught alone, he's going to get beat up. Well, stop getting beat up. Because you're going this alone, find help and support. Reach out to other brothers in Christ. Uh, find community. Uh, you again visit that strive21.com. Share that with a friend. Uh, again, download the Victory app by Covenant Eyes. Begin that that deeper understanding of man. Why how. Not only Now I've got an idea of a little bit of how I got here after listening, but there's much more to this than you, than you can imagine. And it's, so it's worth the study. It's worth jumping into. And by the way, there's audio versions in there that help you get through it quickly. So uh, great
0: tool. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I just want to take a quick break to thank one of our sponsors which is TAN Books. TAN Books is a family-owned traditional Catholic publishing company whose mission is to help people become saints. They believe it is their duty to preserve and promote the spiritual, theological, and liturgical traditions of Holy Mother Church, especially in challenging times. At TAN, they offer a wide variety of resources to help individuals on their journey to holiness, with over 1,000 titles ranging on topics from theology, scripture, church history, and even books designed just for men. TAN aims to provide valuable knowledge and guidance that can help strengthen your faith and inspire spiritual growth. Join Father Dom and myself on this journey to become saints. Visit tanbooks.com and be sure to use the code MANLYCATHOLIC at checkout to get 15% off your order and also help to support the podcast. Together, let's strive to become saints, aligning our lives with the teachings of the church and fulfilling our mission to bring Christ to the world. Thanks for listening. And let's get back to that episode. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now Sam, I know this is more of a, a personal question for your personal anecdote. You know, you've been a cup in ice for about 16 years. Obviously, things have changed. You know, media obviously has taken off, made porn more accessible. Have you found, I, I would guess, that pornography use is more prominent nowadays, or I could be wrong. Maybe it was just as prominent back then. Just maybe more people are speaking out about it now. I mean, I, I'm not sure you can touch on that too, but have you found that the, I guess the reasons for pornography have are pretty much the same or have that, has it also shifted with kind of the way our culture has shifted as well? Kind of a more uh, open sexuality, if you will, um, versus kind of more the traditional view of sexuality, maybe in the past or traditional marriage and things mm. like that.
1: Well, certainly. Well, th- this is interesting. Uh, there was a study back done back in the eighties, and they can't repeat it because they, de- they need a control group that hasn't seen pornography. So they mm. they I believe they tried to do it again, and as I as I, as I understand, but they weren't able to redo this study. So they had control groups of. I've not seen pornography and we're going to exposure to, I believe it was, it was a number of, uh, 15 minute clips over a period of time. And I think it, it added up to about six hours, five hours of, of watching video clips. Right. And it was just everything from Disney to, I don't know, family oriented stuff. Then mm-hmm. there was a somewhat exposure group to pornography, some soft core, a mix of family movies and soft. Or, Yeah, pornography, right? And then there was a third group, and all they were exposed to is pornography. When they got done with the study, the correlations of that showed amazing difference between those who had not viewed pornography and those who had. And those who had seen pornography, and this part has been repeated many times, measuring your sexual satisfaction with your spouse. Mm Mm-hmm. In every study ever done, those who have the most sexual satisfaction don't use pornography. Those who have used pornography on a regular basis have the least sexual satisfaction. All right. So that was one cue. But they also found many other things like that, that um, it tainted how they viewed others, um, that they even went so far as to say they... Uh, gave each of these control groups or each of these groups the same story of a rapist who had committed this rape and we we'd like you to give a sentence and the the high exposure group of just i think it was five to six hours of pornography oh my gosh compared to the group who had not seen pornography gave a sentence of half Mm. So it really changes how you think it begins to normalize that. And for instance, they, the, the, the group, the the higher, higher exposure group, which is like a Friday or Saturday night tonight. Or the today, they also said, uh, um, non-monogamous and, uh, f- sort of hookup culture sex was, uh, more normal than, we, then the other said, "Oh no, that doesn't happen." This the other group said, "Oh yeah, that happens. I, that that's probably hmm. okay." So has it changed our views? In two thousand and seven, we had the iPhone released. Before that, we had the iPad or iPod, and you could still watch a video for there. And so those mechanisms were have been used a lot. We've been carrying around the world's largest library of pornography ever created in the history of mankind and we carry it around in our pocket. Has that impacted how we think? What our values are? Of course. And so, is there a greater... But, interestingly enough, in 2016, this and even that seems like a few years ago now, Time Magazine had on its front cover and it said a generation of men raised on pornography are becoming advocates for turning it off. Yeah. And they came at it from a totally secular point of view. They said, you know, in the past, we've heard religious groups rail about pornography, but these groups are totally from coming at it from a spec- secular point of view saying pornography is damaging my relationships. It's damaging my sex life. Um, I've, I've struggled with porn induced erectile dysfunction um it is having so many negative effects on my life overall that i'm looking for help and seeking to find a way out we believe it or not have had members of covenant eyes who have said listen you need to understand that my husband today has been so impacted by pornography That he can no longer reach orgasm unless he's watching it on the TV set. Mm. Men, if you are listening here, and if you used pornography to get excited with your spouse, you need to understand that you have a deep struggle. That Thinking about pornography so you can get excited enough to either reach orgasm or become more excited when you're with a physical human being shows it has had some serious and negative impact on you. Do something about it today. Don't don't wait.
0: I, amen. Yeah, that's 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 heartbreaking. And just just hearing that, and and I'm sure you've heard countless stories like that too, and. Yeah, man, and, and the whole point of Sam coming on, I mean, obviously, the, the book is fantastic, but it's also to really the message that, you know, you are not this porn addiction. Right. Or you are not, the, that is not, that does not define you. And the like we mentioned many times now, you know, Satan will use that every single time, but you are so much more than that. You are a, a son of God. You are a daughter of God for all the women listening. And he loves you. And he He is way bigger than this addiction. Oh, yeah. He's way bigger than Satan. Oh, yeah. So, and Sam has, has dropped so many incredible resources and um, I will drop, uh, I will make sure that you guys have access to those as well. Um, but just know that you are more than that. You can rise above that. But, but another key takeaway too is the importance of obviously not, not being shamed by it, but also seeking that help yes and and because there are strength in numbers you cannot do this alone i'm sure you've tried most of you have probably tried if you are struggling with this on your own and maybe you did you were successful mm-hmm. or maybe it worked for a while like sam mentioned but then you something happened you know and uh, you know tra- traumas in life happen and then you go right back to where you were before so i mean that that's that's my my few takeaways that that i have here tonight but uh, sam i guess what we'll kind of transition to I know we've talked a lot about about seeking help mm-hmm. um, for for those individuals out there who are struggling with that. Is there any other key, maybe one or two key takeaways for our listeners? There maybe they are struggling, they're hearing this for their first times. Like all oh, this is really opening my eyes to to seeking help. What would you to say to those individuals right now?
1: Don't wait. Procrastination kills good intentions. We want to do the right thing, and we're thinking, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this," uh, but then we are, I'll, I'll, put it off to next week. Don't wait. <laughs> do something right now. And if the only thing you do right now is to begin broadening your understanding, then then do that. Do that for free. Download the Victory App by Covenant Eyes, and again, there's thirty courses in there, and it really helps. And that knowledge brings understanding and understanding is comes before change so without the knowledge we don't have understanding without understanding we don't we can't learn to really find change in our lives second talk to a friend maybe join a uh, a group like samson society at samsonsociety.com but reach out to others and god has so much more for you don't wait Because, again, procrastination kills good intentions.
0: Act now. thank you so much, Sam. Now, uh, you you talked about, you know, the healing church, what it used to get wrong and how to fix it. Do you feel like the church, do you feel like there's hope that the church is starting to recognize that, okay, maybe how we did in the past was, was, was incorrect and it was harmful, but they've recognized that now clearly? Uh, do you feel like there's hope moving forward that, hey, the church got it right now and now we're moving in the right direction to help so many people that have been impacted by this by this industry? There
1: has been a growth in the church of wanting to address this. Rather than just shoving it under carpet, more are wanting to work on it. Um, I believe it was in 2016. It might have been a little later than that, but uh, the Catholic United States Catholic bishops uh, created a pastoral document called Create in Me a Clean Heart. And from that, and working with parishes and dioceses, we created a resource called Safe Haven Sunday. And we have partnered with more than 40 parishes and arch, I'm sorry, 40 dioceses and archdioceses across the nation to help them do, have a Safe Haven Sunday program. And uh, you can learn more about that at covenantize.com and just do a search for Safe Haven Sunday and you'll find it on our website. And that is helping parents begin having a restorative and redemptive conversation with their kids. We've also within that program created a a resource called Restored Vows. And it is helping, it's video and uh, reading that really helps you understand okay, how is this impacting my marriage? How can I, how can I create healing for both myself and my wife as we as we take these next steps? So uh, strive again, uh, a beautiful Catholic resource and, uh, and that so many priests today have in their confessional a strive card. And so if you're talking about pornography to your priest, he may indeed hand you a card that has strive on it and lead you through that 21-day t- t- detox from pornography. So, yes, I believe the church is waking up to this and wanting to press in, but they're looking for people who's saying, yes, I'm ready to face this too.
0: Amen. Yeah, and again, Strength in numbers, the more knowledge, as you mentioned, knowledge is power and also knowing thy enemy as well, knowing your weaknesses, knowing what Satan's going to always try to do to, to come after you. So it, it's the more knowledge we can have, it, it makes it easier mm-hmm. to fight this, this enemy that we have. Well, Sam, thank you so much for your time. We, we greatly appreciate it. Is I know you've dropped a lot of links and resources. Is there anything else you want our listeners to know? I'm going to have a list of about 15 resources for all of you, but is there anything else you want our listeners if to know? If I anymore, they're just going to like,
1: oh man, he just blew up my brain. That's and- too much. That's just too much.
0: <laughs> uh, well, again, thank you so much, Tim. Thank you and God bless for for the work that you guys are doing over at Covenant Eyes. I know uh, personally, I've, I've known few, a few people who have benefited tremendously from it. So so thank you for, for all of you that are working over there and, and helping men and women with uh with this with this struggle
1: it is an honor to serve and thank you for having this podcast uh and and for addressing a tough topic and doing it well thank you
0: Uh, my pleasure and thank you for your time thank you all for listening until next time go out there and be a saint thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of the manly catholic If you have not already done so, please hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode. It will also help grow the show and reach as many men as possible. We truly think this podcast can change families and help men to change the world. Thank you again so much for tuning in and God bless you.